Hello, everyone. We're glad you found us, and welcome to our podcast at AntiqueAuctionForum.com. We hope you find this show entertaining and informative. This is Martin Willis, and we have a guest today that was ahead of me in the podcast on antiques and auctions. And one thing I've always enjoyed is people that take advantage of technology to get the word out on yesterday's antiques. I want to write that down. That's a good one. And uh, I have a great guest, Auction Wally in Massachusetts, Walt Kalinda. How are you doing, Walt? I'm doing great. How are you, Martin? I'm doing very good, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us um, a little bit about your show that you do? Sure. Well, um, unlike you who who are running current podcasts, I haven't uh, broadcast since maybe last spring. Every week I keep saying I'm going to get back on track, but I have um, an online uh, podcast called The Auction Wally Show. And, uh, you know, basically I get on there and I talk about um, how, you know, antiques, collectibles, auctions, but more importantly, how people that are in that, um, uh, you know, the brick and mortar world can come up and get up to speed online without, you know, going full geek and letting guys like us maybe take the lead a little bit, give them some advice. And I have guests on when I can and uh, plan to start up again probably in a couple of weeks with, with new episodes. So uh, give me a little inspiration to start again. That's what I'm thinking, too. One thing I, I noticed, uh, you do offer a lot of like free help to people out there, and I think that is just great that you're offering all this information to help people along. It's, it's uh, Traditionally, when I came into the business, it was very secretive and very closed business, and it is in a lot of ways. And uh, I don't like to you know give away all the trade secrets, but I think a lot of um, the, the secrecy and the... Uh, you know, the, the things that go on like that, there's kind of no need for it, and it's not the best way to bring new people into the business, which is uh, what we are always looking for, is, you know, um, more new, you know, fresh blood in the business. They're the ones that go out and find the stuff and all that, so. Right, and, you know, I think a lot of what the secretiveness has been is all about making money, and the power of the knowledge of, uh, say, an old-timer, back in the back of an auction hall, he's not going to share why he knows that certain piece is worth so much money and try to get the best deal he can on it. You know, that's all part of that. Well, you know, Martin, I was fortunate in the business many, many years ago. I had some good mentors that uh, subscribed to the opposite um, end of that, uh, the opposite end of that theory. And what they believed was, Okay, sure, there's some value in keeping things secret, and maybe if I find a, uh, you know, a rare Ansel Adams print and uh, bring it to them, they could buy it for short money. But I was fortunate to have my mentors, or some of them, believe that if they give pickers knowledge, then, you know, and if they share some of that knowledge, then uh, people like me that go out and learn will come back to them time and again and network with them, which is which is what I've done, and I've mm-hmm. tried to bring that philosophy online. So, uh, you know, knowledge shared, I guess, in, in a bit of a way, is, is like love, right? It grows. And uh, mm-hmm. 
the more people in the business they come on and, and use it to benefit other people, I think is overall a good thing. Sure, it might get diluted and watered down a little bit, but the cream always rises to the top, and there will always be people that do better and, and with more and succeed uh, no matter, you know, no matter how they come into the business. So. Right, right. I was very lucky, too. I had I had some people around me growing up in the business. I was a little kid, and there was this um, old-timer been in the business forever, and he used to quiz me, and he used to stare. I used to think he was, like, staring right through me when he'd ask me these questions. And I'll tell you what, I remembered everything because he kind of scared me. He, he scared it into me, you know. So it was really great. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you, beside the show that you do, what you have online. I noticed you have, like, an appraisal, uh, customized Google search. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, well, anybody can go to auctionwally.com and search any of my past appraisals. I'm going on somewhere around 1,300 of them now. And the way that works is, for a reasonable fee, um, somebody can come and get a custom appraisal. In other words, they email me pictures and what they know about their item. And because I've been in the business for many years, most items I can appraise online. And I'll, I'll appraise that item and post it online unless they would like that appraisal private. By posting that appraisal online in for free, it gives me a ton of what we call in the business, right, Google juice. Most appraisal sites, mm -hmm. um, they charge for an appraisal, but then when you go to that site, they also charge you a membership fee or they charge you to look up those appraisals. I don't do that. I would much rather have a free source open system, and let me tell you, it's phenomenal. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you found me all over the place. The biggest reason uh, for being able to find me so easily online is because I keep that appraisal uh, archive open and free. So let's say if you're calling up and you want to find out what uh, what have I appraised a lot of, um, an oak chest of drawers, and you want to find out how much it's worth, and maybe you don't want to pay the pay the money right now and get an appraisal. You can punch into my search box at the top of the page, you know, Victorian chest of drawers or oak chest of drawers and see if I've appraised one like yours. And if I have, you can look it up, compare it, and if it's close enough to yours and you feel it's uh, the information's good enough, you can get that information for free without paying my appraisal fee. And I encourage anyone to do that. And, um, you know, uh, I would like to put one little caveat in there, is that sometimes with my appraisals, um, you look at it and you say, geez, man, that, that sounds kind of off. And appraisals are personal opinions, although mm -hmm. they're opinions by uh, experts or supposed experts. But I may have more information uh, on that appraisal that I did not post online. That's a rare occasion, but on occasion, some people would either like things private, or maybe they've given me more information about provenance or condition, and like, geez, how come uh, my information is a little bit different from what he's got? And maybe because of that, I may be privy to more insider information than I've posted in that appraisal. But overall, it's a great resource for anybody that would like to find the value of antiques and collectibles. and. Uh, I use the Google custom search to, to search my site. I'm a huge fan of Google. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you. How did you get into, well, first of all, before you get you got into all this technology, I wanted to find out how what your uh, road of travel was in the antique and auction business. 
Oh, boy, now you're making me feel old. <laughs> so way back then, before the dawn of time and the dinosaur age, um, I, I was a kid, I was about you know, 18, 19, and um, I went, uh, I, I started, I actually sold books and records on the east side in Providence. And I was selling to shops, and I started picking up some things um, besides books and records, and really enjoyed it. And then I ran out of, you know, merchandise to buy, and somebody suggested an auction. I said, well, don't, you know, like a lot of people, I, I thought, don't you have to be licensed or, or have a certification to go to auctions to buy? Mm -hmm. Of course, you, of course you don't. You know, now they're more uh, mainstream people. No, you don't. Um, so I, I went to an auction. Uh, I remember my very first auction up in West Milan, New Hampshire. Gus Williams, um, old school auctioneer up there in New Hampshire. I sat in the front row. Big mistake because Gus is a comedian and, and he picked <laughs> on me all through the auction. Somehow that got me addicted. And uh, after after the auction, he had you know he said, "Geez, would you like to run for the auction?" A runner, as you yeah. probably know, is somebody that holds up the merchandise. So I started running for Gus, and he saw that I had a pretty good eye for the merch, and um, uh, after a while he asked me to be his pusher, which is somebody that oh, yeah. buys the runner, controls yep. the flow of the auction. It's and, an important, uh, very important job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, for anybody listening, if you're a big auction goer, and you really want to know how to get ahead and you know really find out what's going on at an auction, get the inside information in an auction, don't go to the auctioneer. They're usually too busy before the auction. Find out who the pusher is and make friends with the runners. They, you're right. You're spot on, Martin. That's the most important person generally in the auction is the pusher. A good pusher knows more about that auction probably than the auctioneer. He sees the stuff coming yeah. off the floor. He dictates what the runners will bring. So, so I began pushing for years. Um, then I uh, decided to get my auction license. I got my New Hampshire auction license first um, in 95, then got my mass auction license and, uh, and began auctions of my own and basically been in the auction world ever since. Now, Barrie, Massachusetts, where geographically is that in the state? Well, I, I'm actually, Barrie, Massachusetts is very central mass. But recently, or in August, I moved to the beautiful uh, town of Gloucester, Massachusetts. Oh, oh I'm on the North Shore of Boston. Oh, that's a or, wonderful or, or town. North Shore. Oh, Gloucester's phenomenal. I absolutely love it here. Mm -hmm. Barry's a nice town, too. Uh, very small town, America. Barry is often called the jewel of Massachusetts because it's right in the center, and it's kind of shaped like a diamond. <laughs> but I'm in Gloucester now. Oh, yeah, I love that. I've spent a lot of time in Gloucester and that whole area there in Massachusetts. Is oh, Cape Ann's wonderful. I love it, it here. It really is. It really is. So have you uh, run any auctions in, in the new location yet? I have not. I've been uh, I'm publishing and working as a consultant for a few online auction companies. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing a lot more of that. I sort of invented these flash auctions. I called them flash auctions. And the idea of the flash auctions was I set up a, uh, a booth at Todd's Farm Flea Market in Raleigh, Maryland. Oh, yeah. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Um, a great place. Mm -hmm. Wonderful people, too, Frank Todd. Uh, so, and, and family. So, um, instead of uh, a traditional auction where I would do 250 lots throughout the evening and it would take two and a half hours or so. 
I did a flash auction and I had maybe 20 lots and it took about 10 or 15 minutes. And what I would do is they were all big deal a lot. So instead of a single item, there'd be 30 items in a lot or 20 items in a lot. And I built them as flash auctions. They were great. They um, were a lot of fun. Uh, the, no overhead, almost no overhead except the flea market rental booth. They were a lot of fun, and I look forward to trying them out next year. I got started with them uh, late summer and fall this year. I did about half a dozen of them. Um, so I've done those for auctions. I have not rented out an auction hall or done any large estate auctions since moving to Gloucester. I kind of got situated again. Out, uh, you know, I'm getting situated out here. But one thing I have started um, doing again that I haven't done for many years and it, that I really, really enjoy because there's a great antique shop community around here as I started picking for shops again. Mm. So I guess I, I guess I slid down the totem pole a few notches and uh, now I'm picking again for shops and, but I love it and uh, there's some great shop owners out here, David Cox and Main Street Antiques and uh, there's uh, 30 shops in a town called Essex oh, yes. about 10 minutes from here so no, I'm having no. a great time with that and doing online stuff and, and just enjoying my new life on the North Shore here So how did you uh, just out of curiosity, how did you get into the technical side of all this business and uh, bravo for that well uh, thank you um, I I about uh, well, let me see uh, sometimes you say things and it's like oh 25 years I've been in the business but it's actually longer because I've been saying that for a while and <laughs> the technical side is the same thing I've been saying 10 years now for a while but what happened actually was uh, quite a while ago maybe 12 13 years ago um, I actually got hurt. I hurt my back. And I was in a house picking, and uh, I was moving the stuff. And I hurt my back. I was laid up for a while. And I found a, a little company. Maybe you've heard of them before. They're called eBay. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I got on eBay, and I took to that like a fish to water. I loved it. I'm like, wow, this is this eliminates like a lot of the middleman. I can get, you know, um, something from point A to point B without losing, you know, the, the overhead and the, the money in between and, and all that. So I got on eBay, and I, I really liked that for a while, um, and I still do eBay. I've got stuff up there now. Um, but then I started my own website, auctionwally.com. I started doing appraisals, and it just, um, what, what I found was, although the antiques and auction world is a very old-school business, uh, it, there is no better business suited for the internet, in my opinion, mm -hmm. than that genre and that business. And I said, wow, there's, there's really a place for me here because, you know, I've got kind of a head start with some of the technology and doing the things that I've been doing. And, you know, when you have a little bit of knowledge in technology and you bring that to people that don't have any knowledge with it at all, they kind of think that you're like, wow, you you know, do you build computers and stuff? And I'm like, no, I, I just, you know, I, I have very limited knowledge. But again, to somebody with no knowledge, it, it's an awful lot. So I, I branched off. I started doing the appraisals. Um, I also consult for a few other online companies, and I publish. And so I, I kind of, uh, it all started with eBay, and then kind of branched off from there. And uh, still do it every day. I'm online, either writing a blog or doing appraisals or trying to tweak Google this way or figure out how it works that way and try to get a little bit more Google juice. I 
use Twitter and Facebook. I try not to use those only for business because, you know, um, I, I use them for social networking and whatnot too. But, yeah, so basically it all started with eBay, and then I got my own site up and just kind of been going from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did you Did you actually run auctions in, in Barrie years ago? I did. I ran auctions in Barrie uh, from, oh, but uh, the last, 2009, uh, 2010. Before that, um, in Barrie, I, I actually ran auctions as Reedsboro Auctioneers in uh, small town southern Vermont in Reedsboro. And then I moved them over the line um, to Greenfield, Massachusetts. Then even uh, out this way a little more, I moved them to Chalamont, Massachusetts. My friends owned a restaurant there, and I used to do one about once a month there. Um, so I was always renting a hall and, and doing auctions in a physical location over the last 10, 15 years. Um, at one point or another, usually on the average, maybe once a month. And then I would also do estate auctions. When I landed a big estate, I would do an on-site estate mm-hmm. or charity event auctions, which I absolutely love doing. Those, yes. Those are a lot of fun. Those are um, a lot, yes. Yeah. I do so, I do uh, several of those a year myself. Um, one of my favorites is I do the uh, Stanford one um, for their law school uh, funding for that. And oh, nice. The, uh, they, they get crazy and... Um, well, you see little rich kids spending, um, you know, $15,000 on a lot. It's right, a, right. There's a, a stand-in for uh, 24, the uh, show 24, a stand-in part, and uh, I think they paid oh, eight, nice. 18000 for that. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always great to do those auctions because, you know, the pressure's off. And, oh, yeah, um, that's and, exactly right. You know, yeah. when it's not your, your money invested... And you can usually do a better job, too, when there's no pressure and you're just up there having a great time. So, yeah, those are a lot of fun. And there's some great causes out there, too. Um, the, a couple uh, that I'm looking to get involved with in the future um, are, are uh, one is possibly the Make-A-Wish Foundation. In hmm. St. Jude's I've done some stuff for uh, on occasion. But, yeah, those are very, you know, those are a great way to, to spend a night out. Yep. And uh, I heard you talk about humor. You talked about it earlier. I've always enjoyed to inject a little bit of humor in an auction. And, you know, I heard a saying once, if you if you create humor, people aren't thinking about spending money, they'll spend more money. And I think that's kind of what happens at a benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, most auctioneers, at least the ones I've had the been fortunate enough to become acquainted with a great joke tellers and they you know they're yep. sharp witted they used to think it on their feet they're rattling stuff off at you know a uh, hundred <laughs> items an hour or more mm-hmm. so in a lot of times what they what comes out of their mouth is just absolute <laughs> insanity i mean it's just babble and but it's great it's, it's a lot of fun you know and, yeah uh, yeah you've got to you've got to be able to laugh at yourself right um, right when i was growing up uh my father used to go to auctions and so I was a little kid, dragged to all these different auctions, and and um, there was this guy called I want to say Greg Martin, and he was a little skinny guy, couldn't weigh more than ninety pounds, and uh, didn't have any teeth, and used to uh, this is I'm not making this up, <laughs> he used to hold a jug full of water on his shoulder like a, a whiskey jug, 
uh-huh. and, and he'd auction and then he'd drink out of that. And when you're a little kid and you're you're seeing something like this, and he was a, a comedian. I mean, the guy was so funny. Right, and, and right. you could hardly understand what he was saying, but uh, um, he, he used to, his place was packed. I think 90% of the people that were there just came for the entertainment. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, as Gus used to say in the winter, you're here for the heat, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There are there are auctioneers of characters, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, but uh, anyway, this has uh, been great talking to you today. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Yes, and so, again, your website is auctionwally.com. Auctionwally.com, that's right. You can't miss that. And we hope to uh, see your podcast up again, and my listeners will certainly check you out. Well, thank you so much. I I really appreciate the time, and uh, I'm hoping that maybe you'll return the favor, and when I get the Auction Wally show uh, up and running again in the very near future, that you'll come on and be a guest of mine. Absolutely. I would love to. Thanks a lot. All right. This is Martin Willis with Auction Wally, Walt Kalinda on the other line, and we're signing off. While you are on our website, AntiqueAuctionForum.com, please stop by the forum message board. Click on the Community tab at the top of the menu bar, and you can join in on a topic, post your own website links, and do a lot more. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show.